Welcome to Fraud Busting. I'm Tracy Brown, the Fraud Busting Body Language Expert. I've spent the last 20 years reading people, uncovering secrets hidden in plain sight to find the truth in crimes, politics, and billion dollar business deals. It's time to dive in so you can beat the fraudsters at their own game and build your bottom line. Top interrogator and body language expert Scott Rouse visits fraud busting. Our discussion runs from his hit YouTube body language group, The Behavior Panel, to being on Dr. Phil, to how entrepreneurs can raise millions by persuading investors differently in different parts of the country, to his analysis of the John Benet Ramsey and Tiger King cases, and why women are more into true crime documentaries than men. So much. Oh, and we also talk about his research into the liar's loop. You want to be sure to get his new book, Understanding Body Language, and also his new video class, True Crime Workshop. Enjoy. Scott, thanks for coming on Fraud Busting. And we have a lot to talk about. I think you are just awesome. And I've followed what you've done for a long time. And I just um, never had the occasion to get in touch um, until now. The the same here. I always see on LinkedIn and YouTube and stuff. And it's one of those things where you go, oh, I know who that person is. And if somebody were to ask me, I said, well, I don't know her, but I know who she is. It's one of those. Oh yeah. So now we're pals. So we go way back now. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. So you, um, here, here's what I like about you that I know the most, um, is you're now, are you like the ringleader on the behavior panel or, um, do you guys just, just come together? What's, what's the story there? Well, what happened? We were, we would hang out anyway, you Uh know? And so Greg, well, Mark is like, we should do videos. And then Chase is like, we should do a video. And then Mark, and then Greg and I are, are fairly tight. So we hang a lot. And we're like, why don't we just, and Greg said, why don't we all just, we'll just do one of these and record it. And we're like, yeah, okay. So, or he called me and said, let's do that. So I sent out a little video to everybody and said, hey, let's do this. And we're like, okay. So we ended up doing the Tiger King first. And it was so fun. We're going to do it anyway. So we're like, let's just record them. You know, instead of just hanging around, let's just start recording them. Cause we're at home a lot, you know, that's when all the, our speaking gigs went away, mm-hmm. you know, they're back now, but on zoom, a bit. Yeah. but we all had, you know, we all had our speaking gigs disappear and, and uh, we're just dealing, you know, some of us are just dealing with, with the criminal element. So, and there was nothing fun cause you couldn't go out or anything. So we, we, we started doing that. And then we said, well, let's just start recording them. Basically that's what, that's what happened. But it was sort of, it was Greg's idea really. Oh, wow. Well, I'll tell you what, it's a good one because y'all are so professional and um, and with with the way you do your analysis, I'm like, oh, these guys are the real deal. And so because no, um, I saw uh, you've done Tiger King and also uh, I saw the one I think it was this week, Patsy Ramsey. And yeah, we did um, that one. I am sitting right now about a mile from where the whole JonBenet thing went down. And, oh, really? Uh, oh, yeah. And there's so much around town about it. And I bump into people all the time. And, and I, I loved your analysis. So um, people listening, you got to go find the behavior panel on YouTube and make sure that, that you watch the Tiger King analysis, Patsy Ramsey. I'm sure you've done a bunch of other ones that I haven't seen. And uh, yeah, we've, we've done politicians and, you know, it's like uh, we run the gamut like we did uh, Bob Lazar. And you probably get this kind of thing, too. We did Bob Lazar. And we we're like, hey, this guy's full of it. We got so much hate email and so many hate comments it's hilarious to go in there and see what they say then we did the mccann's the one whose little kid was missing you know got kidnapped when they were eating 
one evening, and that's the worst. I mean, they call us everything from devil worshipers to working for the government to we're on the McCann's payroll. It gets crazy. Well, here, I, I think that's what's interesting in our line of work is that people see what we do and hear what we say through their filter. And, and mm -hmm. I've seen enough of you Excuse guys me. to know that you're um, totally nonpartisan, totally professional with your analysis, don't have any agenda. And, yeah. and I think that's why I like you guys so much because you can see those um, hack body language experts on YouTube as well. And they, you can tell their agenda. And I've had uh, people ask me about, they'll send me something and then they'll tell me I'm, I'm on, the, on their side. I'm like, no, I'm not on anyone's side. I'm telling exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. As soon as you take a side, then you're, then you, then you're out. We like half people think we're, we're hardcore uh, Trumpers, half the other think we're hardcore Bideners, and it's just like we well, we never lean either way when we're when we're talking about either one of them or anybody politically. We, that's a dang, that's a oh, it's a nightmare. trap in there if you get caught in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've gotten we, the hate we, mail. I've gotten it. Tanya's gotten a plenty of it. I know. So, oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just part of the lay of the land. Uh, and I've even yeah. gotten to where I I won't even address politics in my in my keynotes. People ask me, um, and no. I'm like, look, uh, like around the um, what was that? Uh, uh, Kavanaugh and and that whole oh, thing yeah. the Supreme Court. And I just said, look, here's the deal. I'm happy to talk to you about this, but we will be in the corner 15 minutes after I'm off stage, and I will tell you. And um, you're not allowed to come and um, be mad at me or anything. I'm just going to tell you yeah. the deal. <laughs> so. Well, I, I'm I'm always honest about it. I, and this sounds horrible. It's going to sound like I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot, but I mean, it's going to it'll put the stake in the heart of whether I'm an idiot or not. I really don't get into politics. I'm really, I'm so disinterested in all that. I could not care either way about any of it. It's one of those things where, hmm. And it yeah. sounds terrible because now both sides will hate me, but I just don't care. You know, I just, it's such a mess. I, I just don't care. Yeah, I don't, I'm a non-political person, but I feel like I get tugged into it from time to time and I really try yeah. to avoid it. So, okay, let's talk about what do you do all day? Because you've written a really cool book. Um, you do the behavior panel. What else goes on for you? You do some speaking. Tell me, tell me the range of things. Because I know there's some things that even like you may not even be able to share because you're kind of top secret and that's super cool. Mm. But um, what's, uh, what's, what's forefront of your day usually? Uh, usually I go through my first thing is I go through my email and check the phone, see if I've missed anything. And then if I don't have to go, um, talk to somebody about doing something they shouldn't have done, which usually that'll take most of, of the, from the, the morning to the afternoon or whatever time it starts, then I'm, and this sounds so bad. I'm, I, I'm reading a lot. I'm doing a lot of research. That's so horrible. It's so I'm not a nerd, but it sounds like I'm a nerd when I say that. But I, I, I really like I really like reading about human behavior. So I'm, I'm looking for um, whatever's new. What are the new research? What are the new studies? And there are, I can guarantee you, where you live now, there'll be somebody at the, the nearest university that hates my guts. They're so in there, wherever the neurology department is, they'll hate me because I'll, I'm trying to call them all the time, trying to see if they've done anything new, if they've seen anything new. There's people, there, there are universities all over the U.S. that there's somebody there in the research department that cannot stand me and they won't take my calls anymore because they'll take one, oh yeah, anytime. And I'll call back like later that afternoon and say, what about this? And then finally, by the third, third or fourth call, they're like, listen, man, you, you got to stop calling over here. I think something's wrong with me. But if they'll give up information, I'll go until they, till they quit. Oh, but wow. that's, so it's usually 
a lot of reading, a lot of research. Mm-hmm. And then I'm doing, I'm doing a lot of, of interviews and a lot of uh, podcast stuff like before today, before I was late getting here with you because I thought I was done for the day. I was like, oh, wow, I got a whole day. And I thought you were next, next week. And I was like, and what you're not on my calendar, it says you're today and I'm late. But, um, but I thought, ah, I got a whole, you know, a couple of hours. I'm out driving around, you know, doing nothing going, ah, this is nice. You know, I don't get to go out much. So geez. Surprise. So <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, come home and, and get ready. A lot of times we'll do, uh, the behavior panel. We'll get, I'll get mm-hmm. stuff ready for that. Greg Hartley's the one that finds the videos and goes, what about this? And then, you know, I'll talk about it and then we'll throw it to the other two guys and, they're like, yes, no, or whatever. And then, so I'll cut those up and, and get those ready. Like we, we do our show on Tuesdays and okay. let them go on Thursdays because I edit all day on Wednesday. Yeah, that's <laughs> a lot of editing. You got like an hour show. Yeah, but the thing is, I'm so horrible at it. It takes me forever. If oh. you saw what I have to do, you go, you'd probably be just squirt it out in, in on two or three hours, but I don't know what I'm doing. That's why sometimes there's mistakes on those things because I don't know, I have no clue what I'm doing. I just got all the stuff you're supposed to get you know, on your computer to edit stuff. I was like, oh, I'll do it. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. So I, I, I think going. you got it. I think you got it dialed in pretty well. I do. Well, if I have to do anything else but that, not going to happen. Uh, gonna, like, yeah. <laughs> too good. Too so, good. It takes so, me forever. So how did you end up where you are? Like, because people ask me all the time, how'd you become a body language expert? What's your story? Because no one... I don't think sets out to do this. I, I think it kind yeah. of shows up at your door. So what's, what's your, how, how I, do you I, I've, I've set out to do it when I was six. Oh, you did? I, I would, oh yeah. Yeah. I've been in this my whole life. I mean, I've been, you know, people get way into it for a while and you get, it's like when you first find out about psychopathy, remember when you found out about psychopaths and then mm-hmm. you got in for the hardcore for two years and everybody, you know, was a psychopath at that mm-hmm. point. People go through that phase in body language and it lasts about a year and a half, two years and they get out. I got into it when I was six. Wow. And from that day on, I was, my dad is a, a doctor and he got me into it um, by explaining what behavior I was seeing in people. And I asked him about it and he would bring me books and read me stuff and explain things to me. So that's how I actually got started. So I got way up into it and learned how to um, present things to people from the, a body language point of view, get them, get their brain open so I could put something in there and, and have them accept what I was talking about or wanting to do and been able to do that. Mm-hmm. So I did that. So I got in the, in the music business for a long time. I was an oh, interrogator yeah. at the same time, uh-huh. but I ended up going to Berkeley college of music. And from there, I, we, I, I worked on a lot of, I became a record producer. I was a studio studio guitar player for a long time mm-hmm. and then uh, became a producer all the while, you know, still, uh, being an interrogator and being into body language, but I did that. No, the world's never crossed much. If anybody in one world say, did you do that? I go, yeah, I was an, but they never, nobody wants uh, an interrogator to be their, their producer or to be, or to come play on their think. record, you know? No, trust me. <laughs> and uh, so that was, and I'm, I, I've been nominated for a Grammy without winning one more than anybody. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. Since I was 19. How, I've, how many I've times have you been nominated? I stopped counting when I was in my late thirties and uh-huh. I'm 57 now. And I retired in 2011. So retired from music anyway, wow. in 2011. So that's, a, it's, it's, the, I, and it was every year would be one or two. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but never, never, but I'm not bitter. 
that's the thing. <laughs> I so, can see that not bitter on your so, face, yeah, right? So, yeah. so, so now, are you working? Are you independent? Are you with military police? Like, how can, can you say? Um, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I'm totally dependent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not a not a, and that's the first thing I say when I go in for interrogation. I'm not a police officer. I'm not a cop. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just here to find out what happened. You know, here to talk about what happened. So and it's the perfect opener because I can be honest mm-hmm. and that's why I'm there. And that's who I'm not is I'm not a police officer, but wow. I'd train them how to, how to, to run interrogations and how to interrogate. Mm-hmm. So what is, let's see. So two questions, you can weave them together if you want. What's the craziest case you've worked on that you can talk about? Cause I know there's some you can't. And, um, and what's your, tactic like to get people open and talking to you because it's all about information recovery right by the time you get there well the the some of the weirdest things are when you when you realize you're dealing with somebody who is and this isn't funny but it but i laugh about it because it is funny when i was going through it there it is when i was talking to someone who was a schizophrenic and i didn't know it and nobody else knew it either as i'm talking to this person as we went through the thing I said, we get, you know, you get toward what I'll call the end when you're starting to, to put a little pressure on them mm-hmm. and, and started and this person taking some money they shouldn't have taken. I do a lot of, of uh, embezzlers for some reason I, that was, that ended up being something I was really good at. And this person is, and they work for a big company that you'd know the name of. Mm-hmm. And at the, the more I press on them that they started straightening up. So it was odd behavior I was seeing. Usually they'll, they'll, put their hands in their lap and they'll start rocking back and forth. And as you know, and the next thing you know, I'll tell you everything. Uh-huh. And then I said, so it's, I said, so it's at the, I got to the point where I said, you know, and you put your hand on me, you go, listen, it's fine, man. We all, it was, it was a woman. And I said, we all make mistakes. You know, everybody does. I mean, uh-huh. geez, I make them all the time. Went through that whole thing. I said, so it's, and don't you think it's time we, we, we went ahead and said, you tell me what happened with all this. And she went like this. She goes, oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And then she started, she told me everything. And then it didn't, you know, obviously they don't know she's schizophrenic. Yeah. But I was like, oh, my, because I don't think God's going to come to her and tell her right then. He said, don't do that, you right. know, before she did it. Uh-huh. So that was one of the, that was one of the strangest things that, 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 that's happened to me in that, in that world. So. So then, okay. So you didn't figure out she was schizophrenic till then, or what, do you have right. a diagnostic tool that you use because it's it's a hard one to oh as soon as she started talking as soon as she was listening to 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 the lord and i knew it, he was talking to her i had a pretty good idea at that point because yeah. i didn't hear him and i didn't see him uh-huh. you know unless she's got some kind of weird esp or something that don't get me wrong i believe in god i'm hardcore episcopal you know and don't get me wrong jesus loves you but i'm his favorite <laughs> so that's my line of thinking so but when she started that i automatically knew that, that was going on. I mean, that was, I mean, that's after that, it didn't take much to go, Oh, I, I get it at this point. And it was sad, you know, uh, it was really sad, but outside of that, that's, that's the, that's the only tool I had was this isn't right. And I know what that is, mm-hmm. you know? So, so other tools to get people to open up, what are you doing? What, how, how, um, and, and how can people apply that to what they're doing, which is probably not schizophrenics, probably not a lot of interrogations okay. in their life, but uh, tell, tell me that what's your go-to. All right. Well, one of the things I do is, is I train entrepreneurs and people in, in big companies, how to pitch ideas. 
And I was the entrepreneur in residence at the Nashville Entrepreneur Center from 2011 to 2017. Oh, wow. And so when the new entrepreneurs would come in, I started, we had this thing there where I started our pitch department there. And they would come in not knowing anything about pitching. They've never had a business or uh, before. They've never done anything like that before, but they need to know how to pitch their product. Mm -hmm. So I had this thing called uh, how to create an investable pitch. Mm -hmm. And I ran, and so I, just, just like you would train cops or, or anybody to do something, I trained them in that. And the key was I would train them the things you say and, and what you do to get that person they're talking to, get their brain open. And you put that little idea of what you want them to do in there. And that's a specific point. You close that brain up mm -hmm. and that makes them want to. And, and the key was getting them to want to help you, not invest in you, but mm -hmm. to want to help you because it's not like shark tank in those pitches at the end of them. They don't go, okay, well, right. You that's just the beginning. The interview right. pitch is just the beginning because mm -hmm. they want to talk to you later and see who you are and check you out and all those types of things. So, and, and it's not that I did this and it went well, I've helped entrepreneurs raise almost a half a billion dollars. I'm, right. I'll probably be over half a billion, hopefully by the end of, of, mm -hmm. uh, I think April, if everything mm -hmm. goes well with this one I'm dealing with now. So it'd be over half a billion dollars. And that was the key was just showing them the things to, to, to get people to trust them. I had to deal. I didn't work with anybody that I thought was iffy or that I caught any kind of, of con on or anything like that um, or that I couldn't trust. And there were, were plenty that I didn't and plenty of people are mad at me for not working with them, mm -hmm. but I would tell them they're just, I'm not the person I would send to my class. But when it came to the actual pitch stuff to get them in and show them, here's what you need to do. Um, the higher up stuff, I would never would take those people in. Oh, wow. So, but there are specific things you can do. One of the, one of the main things people don't realize is watching the other person's body language. Uh -huh. When you go, when you're pitching, let's say you're pitching to 15 people, or, or sometimes we'd have them pitching to 500 to a thousand people at once on uh -huh. a stage. The people you would, you would look for aren't the people that are going like this. Anybody uh -huh. smiling? They're not thinking about you. You want somebody that's frowning. You are not, not frowning, but almost. You want them looking at you. You want those eyebrows together. And it's great if their hands are crossed, Critical their hands thought. up near their yeah, up near their mouth. And if their legs are crossed, you want everything that says, I'm not into this. That's what you want to see. Because they're at that point, they've gone inside and they're running those numbers in their head. Is this going to work in three to five years? I've got to go tell my wife about this. I'm going to invest in this. I've got to go tell my husband, I'm going to go invest in this. I've got to go back to our company and tell them that's what I'm investing in, our money in. So they're, they're thinking, those are the people you want to focus on. Most people don't even think that way. They just look at people smiling at them. Ooh, well, I understand. Yeah, I understand that. But that's not where you get the... I used to film or, you know, video the audience as people were pitching uh -huh. and you'd think i'd be able to go oh this person's going to invest i'd get really close i only nailed two of them that for sure i said I, this guy's in and uh -huh. it was another was a woman i said this woman's in and those two scored the others i got really close but they would always have meetings with them later on and i think there were more that invested but not not right after that like i i had prophesied they would that they would at that uh -huh. point because i was so i was so committed to it but now I've got more figured out the more I, and I still watch those those videos of those crowds of people, mm -hmm. even if it's 10 people or like in some cases, 500 to 1000 people, I would get the first few rows and be able to watch them. But that, yeah, but so those those are some of the things that that entrepreneurs aren't aware of is um, not just their own body language, but watching the body language of others. And it's not what you think it should be when you're when you're looking to someone 
for someone to invest in you. Oh yeah, that is fascinating. And um, I actually got to deal with a shark. I got to deal with one of the sharks. Um, I did not. Wow. I did not get on. Um, I did not get airtime. <laughs> but yeah, I got a deal, which um, which failed. But um, wow. I still got a deal, which is pretty cool. So there, yeah. there is something to that. So what you, do you have like a like a system, like an opening uh, one liner to get people to uh, be open to you and your idea or is it more than we can get well, into right now? Here, here's what I found. There are different styles of pitches for different, uh, places in the country. Mm-hmm. Nashville oh, really? is a, oh yeah. Nashville is a completely different, uh, pitch style than in Austin, which is different in, um, Silicon Valley, which is different in Washington, which is different mm-hmm. in Boston. They're all they're all a little bit different in Nashville. You don't, you, you open up with here's who I am and what I do and what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or, or you, you, you say your name, then you move forward. And, and then at the end, toward the end, before you, before you're asked is when you say, here's everyone on our team, here's who we've, here's who we know, here's who we've got going in Silicon Valley. That's the first thing you say is I'm so-and-so and here are the people on our team, here are the people going to oh, help wow. with us and here's what's happening. Mm-hmm. So you have that way out there on the, on the West coast. Then you go to Washington and it's a little different than that. It's sort of a combination of a, of a Nashville and a Boston and Boston is more like uh, Nashville is mostly healthcare. That's, mm-hmm. this is the healthcare Mecca here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. So the, that pitch, that style, along with the style in Boston, is is a combination that that is uh, of um, more personable. You know, you got to be more personal. Where out in in Silicon Valley, you say that personal stuff for afterwards. You, know, oh, you wow. save them to get in and all those things for afterwards. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that 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 score the most out there. That that get funded the most out there from the the people that I work with and have worked with. So th- there are different styles and there are different approaches to each one but the the main thing to do is when you pitch the first thing you want to do people think you get up and smile you want to smile when you get in the room Mm -hmm. that first six to nine seconds when someone sees you as you know that's when you make your decision about that person you may not realize it you may not you may not say you know i i I like that person i want to invest you're not going to say that but your brain will see them and go okay that person's okay so far i don't Mm -hmm. have a problem with that person when you get up you're already you hit the ground running because when you enter that room and they, you don't have to look at them. You don't want one of those smiles where it's like, you know, really weird looking, but just a just a pleasant little look on your face. We go through the the study uh, they did at Harvard about that, but it would, it would take too long. I know we don't have sure, a lot sure. Time. Now, but, um, um, that is fascinating. I I think yeah. I think that's that's super cool. And people are, I mean, it's the same way we speak. Like my audience is in in like Boston area. Um, they're different than California than like, like Nashville. I end up there a lot or Texas. Mm-hmm. So uh, same, same kind of thing. They laugh at different things. They receive me differently. And, yeah. and the ones that um, the ones that I have the toughest time with are new Englanders for whatever reason, just naturally, mm. it's just a little harder for mm. me to connect with them. So. Mm. Um, well, usually, the, usually I lived in Boston for a long time mm-hmm. when I went to, to school up there. And it's the, those, the, the, that area is a little different than, than the, where, where are you? I'm in Boulder right now. Boulder. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're completely different than, than, than Colorado. So it's a different mindset there. Mm-hmm. You know, people aren't, they're not, I, was, I always thought they were, they'd be really, they are nice. Don't get me wrong, but I didn't particularly like living there as, as much as I like, like living in Nashville, living mm-hmm. in the, in the South, but um, <laughs> because they're, they're a little different. So I, yeah, that, that part, I understand the humor is different. 
your oh, delivery's yeah. got to be different. Mm-hmm. The the police departments are different up there than they are in New York. You think the New York guys would be all these hardcore? They're the ones that laugh the most. Oh, you know, yeah. they, they're the easiest to give the the shits and giggles to because because they're just they're they need it. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh yeah, it's but, tough in the city, man. It's it's yeah. yeah, it is tough. Okay, so let's talk about you have two really cool things I want to talk about. One is your new book, and the other is your, uh, I think it's genius, is your um, online program, True Crime Workshop, I think it's called. Oh, yeah, Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Greg and and I put that together. Yeah, True Crime is just, um, man, people are like flies to honey with, uh, I mean, there's whole channels on on True Crime on on TV. So I'll let you pick about uh, what you want to talk about first. Oh, yeah, there you go, True Crime Workshop, yeah. Usually I have a sign up, but I didn't put it up today. Well, we got it now. So um, so tell me, what's what's in it? What are you doing? How can people get it? Um, What are they going to learn, the whole thing? Well, Greg Hartley and I started a course called, um, it's become the number one online body language course, called uh, bodylanguagetactics.com. And we always add the .com at the the end because that's where it is, bodylanguagetactics.com. And when, when uh, COVID hit, we sort of became the Tiger King of online courses. Everybody came, you know, we got all, all kinds of people. So when it started, we started having people when they finished, they go, do you ever do anything about true crime? And it's, and most of it were women. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. talk about women's brains for a second before I move forward. And I'll Let's tell you why this is so important. Yeah. Women, men get a gut feeling and women get women, have women's intuition, women's mm-hmm. intuition. That is the most powerful thing. And I'm all the time saying it's the most powerful thing on earth because women's brains take in information differently than men's brains do. There's people used to argue about this. We know it's true now from research, but women can see so many different things that men just don't catch mm-hmm. because of the way their brain is set up to take in information so they can communicate better and, and take care of children, see what's going on around to keep the kids safe and those types mm-hmm. of things from the, uh, you know, what are you going to call that? But um, so when women started saying, we want to learn about true crime, you know, I like to step in body language tactics, but what if you had something about that? We're like, all right, we should do that. So Greg and I talked and we came up with the true crime workshop. And before that we had this thing called the liar's loop, mm-hmm. which is one thing we're going to start training. We're writing a book on it. Now we're going to start training um, law enforcement in the military. We've already started training them in this thing called the liar's loop. And it's, it basically it goes through and we use this throughout the course. And once you learn this and you watch one of these true crime shows, you go, Holy smokes. I know what this is. I know what this is. I know what this is. I see what's happening. That guy did do it or that girl did do it. And here's why I think so. Um, because the liar's loop takes you through, for example, when you, when you lie to someone, step one is you that, that, or when you commit a crime, you say, kill somebody then that triggers you to I need a story. So you start creating a story. And so you go into fabrication. And then once you fabricate and create that story, you go into deconflict. So you have to deconflict what that, uh, all the problems that your story is going to have. So you have time to go back and say, I can't say I was there because this happened. And there was this on the wall. So I've got to say that happened. So you've got all this time to work these things out. Then you go into your pitch. And once you pitch, that's your story. Here's what happened. And then after that, people say, well, what about this? So you have to defend that. And then you have to go back into fabrication most likely and so an interrogation that's in a nutshell Mm -hmm. that's what you do and so once you get them they go through this loop and you get them having to keep going back to fabricate and add to it then they go into the the death spiral of a lie Mm -hmm. and so that's when you that's when you got them that's when you got them boxed in so we're showing them how to do that nobody's really gone through it like that before even interrogation as long as i've been into that nobody has 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 talked about that but that's exactly what's happening 
And it wasn't my, I didn't go, here's what I see. Greg Hartley's a, is brilliant when it comes to these types of things. He's the one said it's a loop and here it is. I was like, geez, you're right, man. So uh, we, we teach them how to use the loop and we walk them through everything from the 911 call all the way down to the confession. So everything they see in these true crime shows, they'll see and, and we go through in this course. For example, the 911 call, what happens after that? Then all the, um, we, we, the, the next part goes through what happens when the first responders show up, what's going to happen then? What are they, what is the body language of that person when they show up? What are the, the first responders, the ambulance, the ambulance, the paramedics and fire department and police, the uh, first police officers show up, what are they seeing and how do they know something's not right here? Then after that, you go through the, the first interaction with the detectives. So what happens at that point? What, what are they doing with the detectives? What are they seeing? Whatever they go from there. So we walk you through and there's other parts after that. Sure. And we, we walk you through every bit of that. There are nine oh, modules it. and there are, we, we say there are 30 videos, but there's, there's, there's like, you know, 50. Oh, so wow. there's, there's a lot more, but if you go 50, I'm not going to do 50, but they're all short. This, mm -hmm. they're three, some are three minutes and some are seven minutes. We actually have one's nine minutes, but um, they're really short. So you can get through and you can watch lessons. A new module comes out every week. So you can watch those things all week long. At the end of the week, there's a quiz. Uh -huh. So you watch these things, you learn it and you take a quiz. And then we've already been getting our emails. I can't believe I knew this. I can't believe I knew that. And they're pointing out the things they're seeing. So uh -huh. you go, oh, geez, it's working. So it's uh, the True Crime Workshop is at the truecrimeworkshop.com. And you can get there as well from bodylanguagetactics.com. But the truecrimeworkshop.com is where you go. And we just and we walk you through everything that happens at a true crime show so, and so you can see what's happening. And it's, and it's basically what happens in, in real life uh -huh. from the 911 call, from first responders to the to first contact with investigators, you know, what happens when they have. So we, we just take them from the beginning to the end, all the way down to the confession. So we talk about interrogation, how to get through that. We have a couple of bonus things. One of them is on psychopathy, which is my favorite thing in the world. Psychopaths are, are talking about that. So we won't, if you don't want to, we won't talk about that because I'll talk to you about it all day long. <laughs> but um, so we, we have a, a thing on the, uh, um, a module on that. Uh -huh. So it's, um, and I'm wow. talking real fast and getting excited because it's it's been so much fun to do so far and getting way up in there. And the, the people that are taking it, we thought with our first, with Body Language Tactics, we've got actors TV show hosts. We have all kinds of people that are taking this thing. And the same thing for the true crime network. We're getting a whole different, we're getting a lot of actors in there. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's really amazing. The people that are, that are coming through there, I'm not going to tell you who, who they are, but it, you know, it's corny, but we've been on one of them's TV show. If you go Google us and see what TV shows we've been on. And well, I saw you on, like, on, on Dr. Phil. Show. Weren't you on Dr. Phil? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were on that. So maybe he's in my, but uh, so, huh? Ooh. yeah, but he but he, he watches. But anyway, he's a uh, he's subscribed to our channel. He said he watches that all the time. Oh, cool! So he's uh yeah, and what a great guy, you know. Well, Some he, people give him a hard time, very, but he's a great guy. He's a very skilled interrogator himself. I have a lot of respect. Um, Let me tell you, he is. He has it. He understood when we were our. What they asked us to do was look at the this video of this guy who was a, a masseuse who had, who had had been accused of molesting these women while I was giving massages, right? Right. So at the at so I said while we're talking to him, I said, "Hey man, why can't we just talk to him? Can we just talk to him instead of watching these videos?" And he goes. Huh? Yeah, you want to do that? And I'm like, yeah. So we we said, here's what we'll do. We we set up an interrogation situation, so we would all three be in it. Mm -hmm. It would it would start off with with um, 
Greg Hartley would get up his hind end a little bit and get him kind of heated up. And then Mark Bowden would step in and kind of cool him out a little bit. Then, mm -hmm. then I would come in and say, Hey, I'm from Nashville. Here's the, so and he would think I'm friendly. Then I'd get him a little bit after my, after that. And then I'd get even more heated on him. And then we'd throw him to chase at the end and chase would be the, he would be the closer. In other words, be real nice. Say, Hey man, you know? And so Dr. Phil, he got it instantly. He saw, he said, okay, I see what you're doing. We didn't have to talk to him much about it. We well, said, mm -hmm. how's this sound to you? If we did this, this he said, great, let's do that. Mm -hmm. We didn't rehearse it or anything. And went through, we got a whole lot of information that this guy hadn't given up yet. If you watch that episode, it's, it's, uh, what's his name? Tarek. I can't remember his last name. Anyway, it's, um, it was really fascinating. I, I couldn't, none of us could believe how knowledgeable Dr. Phil was about that stuff. He was, he was, he was deep oh, yeah. in it. Well, he was a you know? trial consultant for a long time, I think in yeah. Dallas. Yeah. And then, and then he, Oprah hired him and that's how everything went. Yeah, but man, he, he understood, there was nothing that he didn't understand what we were talking about. So he felt like he was one of us, you know, it was like, so when we talked to him, uh, cause we did a, a Zoom call with him, um, couple of days beforehand mm -hmm. and um just to talk he said hey let's die we've done his podcast since then uh -huh. but he was he was on he, he knew it all he was all up in it he understood what we we're talking about he knew the different styles of interrogation he got it he got it all oh yeah so he's really he doesn't get enough credit for that i don't think well he doesn't because i and this is my opinion and i don't know i don't know him but from what i see with the interviews that he does i think that he knows that he has to want the next guest to come on the show. So mm. I, I know there's a lot that he sees that he, that he skips <laughs> and he doesn't yeah. hammer people too hard. Um, and I think that's, I think it's, that's the Hollywood part that I, I would do that too, if I was him. Um, yeah. But that's, yeah. that's my thought on, on Dr. Phil, but yeah, totally skilled uh, from what yeah. I can tell. Yeah. So yeah, he's okay. a badass man. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, tell us about your book. What's in the book? Okay, well, it's it's one of those books where you can it, it takes you from the very beginning of of understanding body language, hence the title. To it walks you through everything from dating, what you're looking for, and what you want to uh -huh. want to put out to uh, business, to your meetings, to interviews. It, it covers a little bit of everything, and as well as books, you can just open it anywhere, and 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 no matter where you start reading, you'll learn something. So because I start each section from the beginning, there's, sometimes I'll go back to some things we've talked to before, mm -hmm. but you can open you can open it up and and start learning right there. It's it's I'm really I'm really surprised how well it's done so far. Like if you go to uh, Amazon and you if in the search thing you put in body language, it's like the first book that pops up. It's the it's bouncing between one and three. Ooh, so I, I think the the goal the um, the people at Rockridge said, hey, look. Um, we, we just want it to be on the first page of search. If you can do it, mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know how to do that, but I'll, you know, just, uh, and I said, so that's what I said. I said, so what's good. What are we looking for? They said, just on the, on page one of the search huh. in Amazon. Then it came up being uh, number one. It's going between, like I said, number one, number three, but it's mostly at number one. So I'm, re I'm really surprised by that. I think, and I think they, they are too. Oh, so, I wouldn't be surprised they, with your level of knowledge. I mean, it's a beautiful book. I mean, it's color well, and, thank you. and like a lot of pictures and like really cool stuff. So. Oh yeah. The, the artwork on that is, is a guy named Remy and he is such, he's such a wonderful artist. He's done such a great job with that. And, and you, and I would give them pictures from everything from people who were pitching their ideas. I'd say, here's what I want this to look like uh -huh. to um, talk show hosts. 
And then he'd, they'd send me the things. Well, how does this look for this? I'm like, I can't tell you that this is exactly what I'm talking about. These are, right. these are perfect. He right. did such a great job on those. Oh, I such love a it. great job. Yeah. I, I worked with a cartoonist on my book as well. And I sent him some samples and I, I loved it. Get the pictures back. It's like, Oh, look, it's perfect. Yeah. 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 Um, wow. Very cool. All right. So we don't have a lot of time. I know you got to go do some top secret stuff right now. So if you had one uh, tip that you could leave people with on, on how to read people or uh, detect a lie, I, I'll, I'll let you um, take it where you want to go. But like one okay. final tip, what do you got? Uh, that, and this is my soapbox. I did a whole TEDx talk on this. There are no absolutes. And by that, exactly. I mean, uh, if so, just because, and I can talk about noses because I got a huge nose. Just because somebody scratches their nose, it doesn't mean they're lying. Just because someone's arms are crossed, it doesn't mean they're not into what you have to say or they're turned off. There, there are a lot, there's a thing called the um, 735 or 738.55 rule of communication. What you'll see, you'll hear people open up with that. And it says, the, you know, um, and it's not true. It says uh, communication is 7% of the words we use. Oh, yeah. 38% that's a the tone of yeah. voice. And then 55% body. And it's so people hear that. And when, when, and it just has pervaded for years and years and years and years. And, years. Mm-hmm. and it's not true. So I would, I would say my, my thing would be understand that there are no absolutes. You have to take what you're seeing, someone's body language, and take into context what's happening around them at the time you see that. That's the key mm-hmm. is, is not just looking at the one thing, the one shoulder go up. So what? It depends on what else is going on in that situation. I could be here talking to you and it goes up like that, but I'm just giving you information. I'm not, I'm not, wasn't asked a question. I'm saying here, check that out. It doesn't mean, <laughs> you know, so there are no absolutes. You have to take into consideration what's going on around that person in, in real time before you can start making decisions about what you're seeing. Oh, very good. Yeah, that's awesome advice. I love that. Thanks for joining me. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it. I'll see you next time.